Immigration Advocates Network podcast. Hello and welcome to our podcast. This is Pat Malone of the Immigration Advocates Network. We are talking to David Lubell, Executive Director of Welcoming America. Thank you for joining us today, David. Thank you so much, Pat. It's a pleasure to be with you. So let's talk about some background here. How did Welcoming America get started? Um, Welcoming America began uh, actually in Tennessee. Uh, we, we started as a project of um, the Tennessee Immigrant and Refugee Rights Coalition, which is a great organization, still going strong, uh, but an organization I started uh, way back in uh, 2002. Um, by 2006, uh, we had seen um, a lot of really uh, disturbing backlash in Tennessee. Uh, and, and so uh, at Turk, we were in 2006 fighting about 65 uh, anti-immigrant bills in the state legislature and, um, you know, a, a mosque had been burnt down. There was an English-only ordinance in the local council uh, in Nashville. And we just asked ourselves, you know, is this, is this really all we want to be doing is playing, uh, playing defense to this negativity? Um, and we, we wanted to get to the root causes of, of why all of this was happening. And it really came down to, you know, talking to legislators, talking to people in the community, came down to, in a lot of ways, fear of demographic change. Uh, Tennessee had changed a lot uh, demographically. Nashville, where we were based, had changed a lot. Um, a huge growth in the immigrant and refugee population. And frankly, there were a lot of people in the in the general population in Nashville and in Tennessee um, that were um, not used to that change um, and, you know, had a lot of misperceptions. Um, these misperceptions were sort of fueled by uh, politicians and radio uh, hosts and others, uh, misperceptions about immigrants as being a threat or a hindrance. Um, and so we started Welcoming Tennessee in 2006 to really focus on um, not just, uh, you know, advocacy like what we were used to or organizing like what we were used to, but but reaching out to everyday Tennesseans to to, um, to help them understand that, that immigrants and refugees were a benefit. Um, to them and to their communities, and uh, did a lot of work uh, bringing immigrants and um, uh, and local uh, people in Nashville together into direct contact, changing the messages that people were hearing about immigrants, finding leaders that would stand up and say that this was, you know, that, that growing diversity in Nashville was a good thing. Um, and we had a lot of success with that, and it felt good to be proactive, to not just be playing defense, but in the end, we actually were able to turn around. Um, with the help of many uh, throughout Nashville, turn around the climate in, in Nashville for the better. English-only referendum was was defeated um, by by Nashvilleans by a large margin. Um, and we realized we were onto something, and that that um, it wasn't just about Nashville, and really it wasn't even just about Tennessee. Um, and that was when I started laying the groundwork for starting Walking America, which is now um, you know a national network of of communities that are that are doing you know what Nashville did and more. To become welcoming to immigrants and refugees. Hmm. So, tell us more about what Welcoming America does now, and and where you are across the country. Sure. Um, and yeah, as far as where we are, we're again in about a hundred over 130 communities uh, that we're supporting across the country. A lot of communities in um, in the Midwest and the Rust Belt region, a lot in the Southeast, but we're in every region of the country. And communities, large and small, counties, rural, urban. Um, and what we do um, is we help communities uh, reach their full potential by becoming more welcoming to immigrants and refugees. And so for some communities, 
um, we start by focusing like Nashville in 2006 on their on their climate. If the climate is, is really um, not that welcoming, if people are fearful, and then we're going to spend a lot of time with that community, helping them um, to uh, helping people who are kind of the welcomers in that community um, bring immigrants into con connection with the rest of the community and start to change the climate. Um, but if we if we're able to uh, change the climate, or if there's already sort of a tolerant climate, um, then what we do is uh, help communities plan for welcoming, um, create comprehensive plans that say, all right, what are all the barriers that immigrants and refugees in this community face? I mean, how do we start to um, how do we start to uh, reduce those barriers? And I'll give the example of Atlanta as a community where we've uh, where we've done a lot of work. Uh, Atlanta was not a, a hostile or a fearful environment necessarily. It was pretty tolerant, but tolerance in, in this age is not not enough. I, I don't want my kid, uh, my, my son, you know, just started kindergarten. I didn't want him to be tolerated on the first day of school. I wanted him to be welcomed. And so um, with Atlanta, you know, Atlanta brought together the immigrant and refugee community. The mayor helped lead the process. We brought together the business community, other sectors to really create a comprehensive plan so that, you know, in the end, you're thinking about every time an immigrant or a refugee arrives in Atlanta, what are all those barriers that they face, whether it's to starting a business, whether it's to feeling um, secure in their community, whether it's about um, access to services, and how do you work with the city, the municipal government, with nonprofits, et cetera, um, to reduce as many of those barriers as possible? Um, and Atlanta is a much more welcoming place, actively welcoming place, not not just, you know, sort of uh, with the climate, but but actually institutionally a more welcoming community because of the work that they've done around this. And that's, that's something that's uh, a good model for other parts of the country. And how has your work been impacted or your strategy changed in light of the new administration and the executive orders? So, uh, of, of course, uh, anyone, uh, and I know a lot of people who are listening, uh, work uh, with immigrants and refugees. Anyone who is an immigrant or a refugee, anyone who works with immigrants and refugees knows that really everything has changed uh, in a lot of ways um, with, with this new administration, with the new climate. It's just not not the same country that we were living on, unfortunately, before. Um, and so, of course, um, we would want to change our strategy to to be you know to address that. Um, so I'd say there are three ways in particular that we're we're changing our strategy. Our, our core strategy is not changing. Our, our core strategy is this idea that uh, communities can um, you know are better off if they. Uh, if they become more welcoming and, you know, our, our core strategy is, is designed to show that a place like Atlanta or a place like Nashville actually can be economically and socially more successful um, by becoming welcoming. And, and, and uh, you know, we have data that shows uh, how a lot of the places where we work are economically and socially better off. And so that actually creates a sort of a competitive environment where communities that are surrounded so that if, if Atlanta is welcoming, you know, Charlotte also wants to become welcoming, which now they have. And if Dayton, Ohio is welcoming, then many, many other communities in Ohio also want to become welcoming. So that core strategy is not going away. But there's some complementary strategies that, of course, we've had to change. The first, and this is, I'm sure, obvious to the listeners, is just the fact that, um, you know, there's there's a lot of threat right now. Immigrants and refugees rightfully feel under threat and are under threat um, by federal policies, particularly also by state policies, some local policies, 
And so if we've got a network of 130 communities, including many municipal governments and other stakeholders across the country um, that have shown um, a, a willingness and a desire to support immigrants and refugees in every way possible, of course, we're going to help provide as much support to them as possible to defend um, immigrants and refugees right now um, and to create policies that can do that, to create programs that can do that. Um, so so uh, when it comes to um, making sure that that, that there's a, a strong defense right now um, of immigrants and refugees um, and that municipal governments play an important role in that. That's something that we're very focused on. It's, it's clear that it's needed. Um, what's also needed, um, uh, but but might not be quite as, you know, like as uh, visceral of a, of a need, but as important is, is actually a need for, for dialogue right now in communities. Um, and so, you know, we started around this idea that uh, when when there's rapid demographic change, communities have a hard time with that. And there's a lot of communities around the country that are in that situation. And so we're really focusing a lot on helping communities that are in that situation, because when you don't address that situation, people don't vote the way you want them to vote. People don't act the way you want them to act because they're in a fearful place. And so how can we help um, you know, communities uh, that are struggling right now with, with changing demographics, with growing immigrant refugee communities so that they can eventually become welcoming communities. And so we're really focusing on supporting those types of communities, whether they be a rural community in the Rust Belt um, or an urban community in the Northwest or, or whatever the type of community um, you're talking about. We, we want to bring all the experience, all the skills, all the training that we can provide from our experience to help communities become truly welcoming, because if you do that in every community, you don't have um, the type of political uh, situation that you have now. If every community understood the value of, of, of immigrants and refugees, um, they, they wouldn't uh, be so fearful, and, and but, but fear has real political consequences. Uh, a final way that we're changing our strategy right now is just that, you know, we're our name is Welcoming America, and really we're about, in the end, defending a value, and that value is welcoming the real American value. America is, um, you know, at its best, a welcoming country, a country that, that welcomes um, immigrants and refugees from around the world. And right now that very value is at threat. And so as an organization, we need to help defend that value. And so we're doing that um, through uh, our work, you know, lifting up the contributions of immigrants and refugees um, to, the, to the greater American public. Um, both nationally and also through our many, many communities, um, and also lifting up the benefits that, that communities are seeing by being welcoming, but also just, you know, just standing up for this moral uh, issue of um, the fact that this is not who we are as a country, and we need to not just be okay with the way it's going. Um, and so we're doing whatever we can in the public sphere to stand up for the value of welcoming as well. And so you've given some examples of uh, places where you've worked and where the work is underway. But what does it mean to be a welcoming community within your within your program within your project? Sure. Um, so a welcoming uh, city or county, uh, first of all, uh, uh, community. And, and I should say that we have um, nonprofits that are members and and full cities municipal member. But for a city to become welcoming. The municipal government um, would, you know, needs to join the Welcoming America network, um, and then there's other, uh, you know, and, and they also need to participate in that network. They need to commit to um, passing policies and, and practices and creating programs that are going to support immigrants and refugees. 
Um, ideally, they're going to be creating these um, plans for welcoming so they can look comprehensively at all the ways that they can become more welcoming to immigrants. Um, they need to do, you know, ideally do work that brings immigrants and refugees uh, into direct contact. Uh, and I should say that, you know, we have different, frankly, levels of welcoming. So a, a city that joins our network is a um, is part of our welcoming um, community and in, in that way is a, is a welcoming city or a welcoming America city. But we do now have a certification program. And so it's just starting and we have about four pilot projects, pilot cities you know, starting this process. But that's a much more comprehensive way that, that a community can be really truly welcoming is um, by becoming certified as welcoming. Thank you. So many of our listeners are members of Immigration Advocates Network and are immigration advocates and activists, organizers, and lawyers. But how can they make a difference in their local community, and and what are the variety of approaches that we need to make change? Sure. Um, And uh, one point I want to make in that way, just uh, specifically to to legal advocates uh, in your network who, who might be listening, um, you know, we're very interested, and it's you know this idea of access to legal counsel right now, uh, pro pro bono or you know low cost legal counsel is just so important. And I have friends, uh, you know, longtime friends. I lived in Ecuador, have relatives, um, you know, host family relatives who are dealing with some of these issues who live in the United States. People need answers, and they also need um, legal representation right now more than ever. Um, and so. We're really interested in um, taking some of the access to justice coalitions and, and, and other types of approaches that are happening in different communities and scaling that throughout our network. So if that's something that you have an expertise in and you, and you can support us in, in some way in helping us to, um, to take some of the innovations around the access to justice uh, right now, uh, taking that to a national level, we'd love to hear from you. Um, we'd love for you to go onto our website and, and contact us and you know, feel free to contact me. Um, but there's other things as well. Um, another thing you can do uh, right now, and again, this is, we're, we're all playing defense. We all have to stop um, and call our Congress people and uh, call whoever we need to about, um, you know, just protesting these really, really horrible policies. Um, but in addition to that, um, there's also, you know, just you can get your community to join the Welcoming uh, America Network, um, or, or if you're a nonprofit, you yourself um, could join the Welcoming America Network and get your community to not just join, but to move, you know, as many policies, make it create as many policies and practices as possible that are going to make sure that immigrants are defended right now um, and and supported. Um, other things you can do, uh, and and this this uh, is something you can do in your in your own neighborhood. Um, is recognize that there are people in your community um, that are that have uh, you know that aren't used to immigrants necessarily or immigration, um, and there are immigrants that don't feel welcome, um, obviously in, in their communities and, and, and don't feel that sense of belonging. So you can help to create you know to have dialogue uh, in your community. Um, so you know one thing is just bringing longtime residents, neighbors, maybe you belong to a church or a synagogue or a mosque having a dialogue um, with members of your congregation, uh, you know, and, and with immigrants and refugees in the community. And we have uh, a lot of tools on our um, website around having conversations, having dialogue. Um, 
And, and so, you know, getting your community to come welcoming is important, but there's these, these smaller things that you can do to make, create a more welcoming neighborhood so that immigrants feel more welcome and, uh, and longtime residents understand, uh, immigrants uh, more because when, when you get to know someone, um, and when you have that direct interpersonal, uh, relationship with, with an immigrant or a refugee, you know, all the statistics show that you're much less likely, um, to be, um, you know, to have anti-immigrant attitudes or to, um, you know, to do things such as vote for candidates that aren't supportive of immigrants and refugees. Uh, it just goes, uh, those fears go down when you meet people. And so that is our situation now. I'm wondering what hopes you have for the future. I'm inherently an optimist. Uh, I think all of us working on um, immigration, immigrants, and refugee issues, and immigrants and refugees, obviously, themselves, it's, it's, a, it's a hopeful uh, group of people, um, people who uh, pick up and, and leave um, their, everything they know to, to move somewhere that they don't know inherently are, are optimistic people. Um, and uh, people who are optimistic are drawn to people like that. And I think, you know, that's one of the reasons I've been drawn to this work personally. Um, and so I, I am, uh, you know, inherently an optimist, but also just I am optimistic um, that if we can get through this difficult period, that things are going to get better. Um, and so in order to get through this difficult period, um, I do think it's important um, for us to, to be as supportive as possible of immigrants and refugees, but also recognize that this country is kind of like Nashville was in 2006. Um, there's been a lot of change uh, demographically and otherwise. Um, and uh, there's a now being a you know, backlash to that, that demographic change. Um, and so whatever we can do to help our neighbors um, understand that that even though change can be frightening, it's not bad. It's actually good, and that um, you know that, that uh, you know a more diverse society is actually beneficial to everybody. But the sooner we can get to where I know we're going to get, which is um, you know we're in the 21st century, the United States is a, is a very much a, a diverse, multicultural society. Um, and although we've hit some hiccups, we're going to get there. Um, and um, we're going to be a place that recognizes that being welcoming um, as a country, as communities, is, is the best for everybody. Um, so, so, yeah, we have work to do. We have work to do to defend immigrants, but we have also have work to do to get the entire com- uh, country and everyone in our communities to understand that this is something that is good for our country for the long term. Thank you, David. Where can people find more information about Welcoming America? Um, just go to our website, uh, welcomingamerica.org, um, and um, there's a there's a section there about taking action, um, and you can see uh, you know, lots of different ways that you can um, that you can take action beyond what what you're already doing. And we know everybody's doing everything that they that they can think of. Um, but yeah, go to our website. Uh, there's also ways to contact our staff. Um, you know, uh, you know, to come to our uh, I, one thing I forgot to mention before, but a way beyond going to the website, you can learn more. We have our Welcoming Interactive, which is our uh, national, we don't call it a conference. It's much more interactive than a typical conference, but it is a gathering of communities and, and individuals that want to make their communities more welcoming. And it's in April and it's in Atlanta. Um, so if you want to do more than the website or more than joining some of our webinars and our trainings online, which are all things we encourage that you do, um, come to the interactive, uh, you know, register and come to the interactive in Atlanta and be surrounded by welcomers. That's a really way, good way to, to fill yourself with hope right now. Surround yourself by, um, you know, hundreds 
of welcomers from all over the country that that are working to make this country all that it can be because we are a welcoming nation and what is happening now is not who we are and if we want to be who we really are we all have to work together and make that happen Mm. well thank you so much for your time and for your work on this we've been talking to david labelle executive director of welcoming america thank you for joining us today great thanks so much for having me